610 Sports Radio, broadcasting live from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. Download the Football and Barbecue Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, or Radio.com Sports Station. And away we go. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Rocco behind the glass. I'm joined by Ken Swanson, our lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. And I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, right? Yeah, buddy. Since D. Ford crossed that faithful line. Not here for that one. Why do we have to go there? It was a 16-week and a bonus by week appetizer for what we've all been waiting for. Can the Kansas City Chiefs do enough to push to Miami and play for a Super Bowl? Here we are. It was a Wednesday, so four, five, six days, five days short of what will be this divisional round matchup against the Houston Texans at Arrowhead Stadium 205. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are out. We'll know by that time who is the other team in the AFC because the Ravens and the Titans play on Saturday. Ken, I'll turn it to you. As we sit here now, a couple days away, really, less than a week from this game, how are you feeling about Chiefs-Texans? I'm feeling great, honestly. I really feel good about this football team. I haven't really got a chance to talk to you be here with with 610 since since the miracle buy happened right there's a lot of good things a lot of good vibes going towards this football team right now they got healthy they got they lucked into that bye week which was which was critical i think you gave andy reed time to prepare for this texans team who is lucky to be here right now i you've got to feel good about this football team you got to feel good about their chances and i cannot wait to see what they have these next couple weeks on the march to miami the thing that gives you confidence coming from the wild card round is the fact that the Bills are, are not a great football team. I think we learned no. that. And they were able to build a lead on the Texans. Of course, the Texans came back. I think the fact that they were able to get to Deshaun Watson as many times as they did is a great sign, especially with the Chiefs defense coming on at the end of the year. I do feel a little bit differently than you because I've heard you on our Arrowhead Pride Net- podcast network about how confident you are entering this game. I just think there is an aspect of Deshaun Watson that scares me. And maybe it's a little bit of being somewhat of an NBA fan, but he's a superstar. To me, he's one of the stars that's going to be right there with Patrick Mahomes. Of course, the rest of the team pales in comparison to the Kansas City Chiefs. I just worry a little bit, and I'm not saying that the Chiefs are going to lose, but I wonder if Watson could find a way to keep this team alive, will them into a game in the fourth quarter. I think, I mean, you got to respect Deshaun Watson. You absolutely do. And I do respect him. I think even if you look on the, one of the, you know, the plays that he made at the end where he almost got sacked, he should have got sacked. He didn't see that play particularly well. He didn't really feel that pressure from his backside. So, I mean, I think that's kind of him in a nutshell. He got himself out of a situation where he didn't see the field cleanly enough. He didn't see the, you know, he didn't have the protection right or whatever. If the Chiefs just play disciplined football and wrap up, they can limit his ability to do some of those Deshaun Watson things. I think he's got flaws that the Chiefs will be able to exploit, especially since the pass rush is going to be able to have success against a bad offensive line and uh, offensive line for the Houston Texans. 
And you're coming off a game, too, in which the pillars of this pass rush for the Chiefs, all three of them, if you have three pillars, that makes sense. I don't know. Frank <laughs> Clark, Chris Jones, and Terrell Suggs all registering a sack. That's good. you're going to rely on in the playoffs to rattle Deshaun Watson early. It's going to be an interesting game. There's a lot of layers to this. In this show, we'll talk to defensive film analyst Craig Stout, who does an outstanding job for us. We'll talk to Battle Red Blog, which is the SB Nation's Houston Texans site, to see how they are handling what is the most important week for the season for them, too. We'll take your questions in a live mailbag. Get your questions into the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line, 69306. You can also send questions into 610 Sports KC and at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. I think the most interesting thing from today came from NFL Network's James Palmer. It's been interesting to see the evolution of this defense in Kansas City, Patrick, as the year's gone on. You look at week 11 moving forward, nobody's giving up fewer points per game. They picked off 10 passes, only giving up five touchdowns. I did a deep dive into the group, and during the bye week, they did something that they've been doing throughout the season. That's Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and company going against this defense, ones versus ones, in seven-on-seven. Tyron Matthew told me that there is not a better scout team wide receiver on the planet than Tyreek Hill. He said throughout the year, Patrick Mahomes has been slicing and dicing us, but they've gotten better as the weeks have gone on. And today, Mahomes told me, I'm just going to tell you that I'm glad I'm not facing this defense. That's the improvements that he's seen with this unit as time has gone on. The scheme has now developed into a further establishment down the road to where they can do different things that they weren't able to do earlier in the year. They're able to move pieces around. They're healthy back there outside of the rookie safety, Juan Thornhill, who tore his ACL in the season finale. But as a group, much healthier Patrick and much more complex group. And going against Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill throughout the season, maybe playing a little part. In See, I love that. And it's because... Again, it was it was sort of a miracle that they got this bye week, right? You have a week of practice where you may not have another team in the league who's as good as the competition you're facing during this pseudo-practice week that leads you into the three most important games of the season. Hopefully, if you're a Chiefs fan, that's the case. And I love the fact that Matthew goes against Tyreek Hill. Like, to me... DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's, he's a wonderful wide receiver. Any team would want him. But Tyreek Hill has gotten to a point where he's right there. I mean, he, I don't know if he's De, DeAndre Hopkins. I, you can make a case, I think, for either one of these guys. But that gives you a little bit of a look at what you may see. And then for Mahomes, again, he's never going to talk down, so you got to keep that in mind. But for him to be like, this defense has improved, I think that's legitimate because we've seen it. And so Mahomes faced this defensive unit in training camp. It is vastly different at this point, and that's got to give you confidence going into this game against the Texans. I think one point, just kind of talking about this with this bye week, which which is so important, is because of Juan Thornhill, because of the injury to Juan Thornhill, they're trying to figure out and piece together some things on the back end of that defense. So having this week and utilizing this week to challenge guys like Kendall Fuller, who are now thrust into a bigger position, uh, you know, uh, potentially Armani Watts, getting an idea of what these guys are capable of doing, challenging them with Tyreek Hill's speed to see what they can do down the field, how this team can be exploited with the loss of Juan Thornhill, trying to understand, you know, some of those dynamics there. I think that's a really important thing for a secondary that's having to kind of shuffle some things around. And so getting, you know, a Tyreek Hill that can, you know, challenge the field vertically like Will Fuller is capable of doing uh, to this Chiefs team, 
or I think it's fantastic. I think it's good, and, and it's good time to put pressure on some of these guys that are having to kind of rearrange. We, the media, had an opportunity to talk to Bashad Breland. We'll play that for you a little bit later than the show and really hit on that point of what Will Fuller means to the Texans. That is something to watch in this Texans injury report. Fuller not able to go against the Bills. And you could tell it hurt the Texans. This is a guy who matters a lot. We'll get into more of that conversation. We received the first injury report going into this game on Sunday late on Wednesday, and Mo Claiborne, which we knew earlier in the day, he is not practicing. He actually hasn't played since December 1st. At first, it was an injury. Then there were these personal reasons. Andy Reid cited those personal reasons again today as to him not uh, practicing. I'm hard to press to believe that he enters the lineup here because it seems like there's something serious going on. Yeah, there's got to be something going on with him, and and Rashad Fenton has done a really good job in his absence, so I think that's been, been helpful. So uh, but there's it, it, something kind of eerie around it. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know what it is either. We hope that everything's okay with Mo Claiborne when it comes because obviously there's more to life than football. Absolutely. So who knows what's going on there. Uh, your full participants who made the injury report, meaning they are having treatment, is Tano Passanio dealing with some neck, Austin Ryder wrist, Andrew Wiley ankle, but all full participants. I asked Andy Reid today about Andrew Wiley, and it seems like there is a question as to whether he necessarily enters the lineup. We'll get into more of that later. Travis Kelsey, this is the big news, I think, that was a bit of a surprise coming to us on Wednesday. He was a limited participant with a knee. And again, knee is a very weird part of your body that you don't want to see in an injury report. This was especially interesting to me because we heard no word of this entering today, and all of a sudden Kelsey pops up on an injury report. I don't want to necessarily speculate, but a lot of times when this happens, maybe something happened to practice. It could be just cautionary. We don't necessarily know. A key will be watching this injury report on Thursday to see if he's upgraded to a full participant. If he's still limited, I'm still going to start to get the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Here. I am too. You list. You had you know Andy Reid get on the phone uh, or get on a press conference earlier this week, and it didn't sound like there was any indication that anything exactly. at all was wrong with Travis Kelsey. And it sounded like the only. It didn't sound like they were going to have any issues there. And now all of a sudden, we get this. Who knows? I mean. Limited. When it's limited like this, you get a little bit nervous because maybe something happened right in the middle of practice, and that's what limited him. He was not able to play 100 percent of snaps. You know, you never know. But that's that that's something that I, I am nervous about a little bit here. The worst part here, and the worst possibility here, would be seeing DNP tomorrow. Do not predict right. practice, and that's, that would obviously be worse. You might see limited again. A lot of times, he's, but you just don't know right now. And the problem here as well is Andy Reid spoke to the media today. He'll ask Eric Bieniemy this tomorrow, and again, we at AP, we all wish that he would get a head coaching job, but if <laughs> just say what I'm going to say here, he's not going to tell us anything no. about it. He refuses to talk injuries, so we may not find out more about this injury unless Travis Kelsey talks in the locker room, and he usually doesn't talk till fr- Friday, or Andy Reid on Friday to find out what's going on. It's something the Chiefs didn't want to talk about if it happened prior to or it happened today, so really just not a good feeling as to what's going on in this injury report. The Texans had eight players that were limited today, including J.J. Watt and Will Fuller. Uh, Chris Clark was a full participant. Jacob Martin, the uh, outside linebacker for them, did not practice. J.J. Watt is another one to watch. He was back in the mix for the Texans. When you watched that game, Texans-Bills, anything you saw from, from Watt there? I mean, it was pretty amazing what he was able to do with considering the pectoral injury. I mean, he's definitely still a force, even if he's not fully at 100%. It doesn't sound like, I mean, just kind of listening and 
or reading some quotes earlier today. He doesn't seem like, you know, it's 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 still there. The issues that he's going to be dealing with are always going to still be there throughout this, the duration of this thing. So it's just going to be an issue of monitoring and seeing how he's able to to handle this for for the Texans because I doubt he's going to be able to have a full workload in this game against uh, against Kansas City. We'll be monitoring these injuries at arrowheadpride.com. I know that there's a major question on the minds of Chiefs fans. It's how does this team replace Juan Thornhill? Where we'll ask defensive film analyst Craig Stout next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson. We're getting ready for this divisional round matchup coming up on Sunday, 2.05 p.m. from Arrowhead Stadium. In about 15 minutes, we'll talk to Battle Red Blog, the Houston Texans SB Nation site, to get the lowdown on what's happening on the Houston side. But right now, we'll talk to, and I quote from our great producer, Rocco, as, as it's written right here, a defensive mastermind. <laughs> and Mr. Craig Stout, how are you doing tonight, Craig? Well, I'm doing better after hearing that. So how are you guys doing tonight? What a title. I think you have a new title. I mean, we already have started calling you the Renaissance Man <laughs> quite a while ago. This is a this is a new level for you. New material. mastermind, Craig Stout. Make sure I, you... don't, I don't need this. I don't need this. <laughs> we don't need to do that. No, we're good. I have enough names. <laughs> Craig, the burning question on the mind of Chiefs fans right now is they had this beautiful rookie. He was a wonderful safety for this team. You hope to have him for the playoff run. You won't. How do the Chiefs replace Juan Thornhill? Well, they're not really going to be able to replace everything that he's brought to this squad, even with multiple guys. He's just been an eraser on the back end and one of the only guys Steve Spagnuolo has trusted to play a single high safety role this year. Juan Thornhill is just going to be missed. I think that they're going to play a lot of two high safety looks, especially against Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Stills. They have a good vertical passing game in Houston. So there, I think you should expect to see a lot of the dime defense, a lot of Kendall Fuller, and a lot of Armani Watts back deep, kind of splitting the field in half, and then trying to win up front with the bodies that they have. I think Chiefs fans have a, a good feel as to what you can reasonably expect from Kendall Fuller. But what about Armani Watts? What do you make of him so far? Well, so far, you know, he's got very limited reps. He doesn't have a ton of range on the back end, but he is a ball hawk. He is a playmaker. They, when they picked him up last year, he made a couple plays for the Chiefs defense in a very limited role. I would expect that Steve Spagnuolo is going to be able to move him around a lot. He, he's done that very well so far this year, kind of evolving and rotating all of those defensive backs into various looks because he's getting those guys into the spots where they can make plays. Armani Watts is that type of guy. The problem is Armani Watts just isn't going to be able to cover a ton of ground on the back end. I don't know how well you can trust him in man coverage against faster wide receivers. You've seen Juan Thornhill be able to do that, and we know that Kendall Fuller can do that from his time playing a slot corner role. Armani Watts is just behind those two guys, but I would expect to see him to come up a little bit and run support, and for Steve Spagnuolo to try and drop him into that high hole, have him make some plays, see if he can pick off Deshaun Watson. Craig, speaking of Deshaun Watson, he was sacked seven times Mm. in the wild card game. 
The ch- who of these three pass rushes is going to have the most productive game? Chris Jones, Frank Clark, or T-Sizzle Terrell Suggs? Listen, I love all those guys to have big games. I'm saying Frank Clark is going to get into Sean Watson's face all game long. Terrell Suggs is going to get himself a playoff sack. But Chris Jones, this is the Chris Jones money time right now. He's going against you know, Max Sharping on the interior, Zach Fulton. He's going up against guys that struggle a little bit with speed. That's what we've seen Chris Jones have its most success with. I expect Steve Spagnuolo to get him lined up next to Max Sharping and just have him rush the pass or be into Sean Watson's face. We know Watson will hold on to the ball. I'm expecting a multi-sack game out of Chris Jones this weekend. I expect him to be a game wrecker. Craig, now you'll post your advanced scout toward the end of the week. We'll get ready for this Texan game. Everybody knows that it's Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs, and you've watched this defense all year. The road could possibly be Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Russell Wilson. Who knows how this goes? Does this Chiefs defense have enough to beat each of these quarterbacks on this potential run? I I think so. I really do genuinely think so because I don't think it's necessarily about the sum of the talents on the Chiefs defense. Losing Juan Thornhill is a big blow, but we've seen Steve Spagnuolo overcome injuries, overcome, you know, maybe not having the best talent on the outside, a group of guys that are, you know, later round picks or UDFAs or one-year deals coming off of injuries. He's making the most out of what he has. I fully expect that Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, those guys are impact players. They are going to make enough impact. And Steve Spagnuolo is just going to have the rest of those guys on that defense playing better than their ability to the best of their game. And that's enough, frankly, because we've seen it throughout the year, especially to close this out. They've not necessarily played some great quarterbacks, but they've limited and shut down these offenses, and they've carried their weight while the offense, the Chiefs' offense, has sputtered at some times this year. I expect the Chiefs' offense to be clicking in the playoffs. Andy, we're going to get the good playbook. Everybody's going to look a lot better, a lot healthier, and this defense is just going to continue to roll on with what they've been doing. That is the voice of ArrowheadPride.com's renaissance man, Hollywood Hop, the defensive mastermind, Craig Stout. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, man, I'm done, guys. I'm done. Have a good evening. <laughs> you can catch Craig Stout's advanced, advanced scout, I should say, later this week at ArrowheadPride.com for how to beat this Houston Texans offense. We had an opportunity to talk to one of the cornerbacks for the Chiefs today, Bashan Breland, about that Texans offense in the Chiefs locker room. Uh, I wouldn't call it a revenge game, you know what I mean? Uh, this is one of the most, the biggest games of our career at this point. Uh, it's when to go home at, at this point in time. Uh, but over the six, six weeks, you know what I mean? They've they done a good job of running the ball, you know what I'm saying? Taking care of the ball, uh, making uh, good plays in, in, in critical positions, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he's methodical with, with the offense. Uh, he's he, he making good throws. Uh, really driving his team down and, uh, and keeping him in the game, in, in close games, and, and winning them in the scratch. That challenge you're facing DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, uh, just talk to that challenge and what they present out there. Uh, it's always a challenge. You know, they got a one-two punch. Uh, a guy that can take you over top and a guy that, that can uh, 
uh, tote it down the field with, with possession catches. Uh, uh, they, they do a very good job of incorporating them in their offense. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge, and we, we are for it. From Carlos, I'm sorry. Carlos Hyde uh, ran over 100 yards. Uh, just what is the adjustments you guys are going to have to make to try to stop that? Uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, really uh, adjustments. Uh, Throughout during that time, uh, it was a new defense. Uh, everybody's trying to hone in together. Uh, we, had, we had different players uh, out. Uh, we plugging different players in there. Uh, and I feel like we finally got a, a grass on our on our lineup. Uh, we're really starting to uh, build our identity. We, we we know what we are. We know what we're good at. Uh, and we just got to focus in and, on, on standing gaps and, and tackling. From what you're seeing in the film study, how does the offense differ with Fuller on the field versus Fuller off from what you're seeing? Uh, when, when Fuller's on the field, he, yeah. he scratches the field. Uh, you know what I mean? You really can't just sit and, and double DeAndre. Uh, you, you really got to uh, have a, a head over the top for, for Fuller really uh, beating you down the field. Uh, so it really opened up the, up the run game as well as uh, passing the field. So what I learned from that from Bashad Breeland is just the fact that, okay, I mean, we're not really worried about the Carlos Hyde revenge game. No. Will Fuller does matter. Yeah. I mean, it, that is legitimate. He can open things up for that offense, not only for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, but for the run game as a whole. And whether or not he plays will be huge. He wasn't able to play last game. And I, I'm interested in, in hearing, too, we're about to talk to Battle Red Blog, as I said, the Houston Texans SB Nation site. If he does play, what percentage could he reasonably be at? Yeah, no, that's that's a huge question, and I am very curious to hear their confidence level in, in Will Fuller being able to play. I mean, if Will Fuller is able to play, I think it helps Carlos Hyde because I think it helps remove people from the box. They have to play more too high, you know, structures, you know, with a guy like Will Fuller because you got to account for the vertical ability of him. It takes one guy potentially out of the box for the run game. I'm not worried about the run game, though. I, Carlos Hyde can get his. He can get his. The Chiefs... Right. The Chiefs, if the offense does what it's supposed to do, they're gonna have they're gonna eliminate Carlos Hyde from the game plan anyway because they're gonna have to sling the ball around the field to try to keep up with the Chiefs anyway. It's up. I think one of the things that the Chiefs can do is with to help the defense is just be the explosive offense we know that they can. Coming up in a little bit, we will take your questions, your comments live here on the show. The Smitty's Garage Burger and Beers text line six nine three zero six. You can also send your questions in to Arrowhead Pride. On Twitter. When we come back, as I promised, we'll talk to Texans writer Jeremy Brenner of Battle Red Blog. That's that's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Download the radio.com app to listen to 610 Sports Radio wherever you are. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson getting ready for this huge. Divisional round matchup coming up on Sunday, Arrowhead Stadium, 2.05 p.m. Chiefs-Texans, right now, I'd like to welcome in a member of Battle Red Blog, which is our sister site, SB Nation, for the Texans. Jeremy, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Pete. How are you? Doing well, getting ready for this big game. I imagine the excitement is as high in Houston as it is in Kansas City for what should be, you know, this do-or-die matchup between two great young quarterbacks. Absolutely. The nerves are also about as high, probably. Maybe a little <laughs> bit in Houston, maybe a little bit more in Houston, but uh, uh, Texans are definitely very excited that they have their team uh, in the division rounds for the first time since 2016. I want to ask you about a huge part of this game, especially, I think, as Kansas Cityans are wondering about it. Will Fuller, 
Doesn't play last game. He's a huge part of the Texans' offense. Everyone has seen the numbers with, without, so on and so forth. What do you expect from Fuller in this game? Do you think he plays, first of all? Yeah, so he was a game-time decision for Saturday. Now, it's very possible that the Texans uh, got that message out there just so that the Bills would try to game plan for him, and they might be employing a very similar strategy this week. However, I do think that enough time has passed since his injury um, late in the season to now to where he should be able to at least make an appearance on Sunday and, and make some kind of impact. Uh, the Texans don't need him to play every single snap, but to have him on the field for just you know 60% of plays or, or, or just a, on third and longs or uh, an ability to you know maybe like when they're in uh, when they're on their own side of the field just to sure. have that person have the potential to to break open the offense is, is going to be huge and not only I think more so kind of how what JJ Watt did last week for the defense JJ Watt wasn't exactly effective he did have that one sack but that's all he really brought but what he did bring that doesn't show up in the stat sheet is attention mm-hmm. and you had to give jj watt attention which opened up and freed up some uh, attention for whitney merciless so that he could get to the quarterback he had that fumble uh forced fumble of josh allen that was huge in the in the wild card game and jacob martin also had less attention on him because some attention had to be given jj watt so i'm hoping that if fuller were to play on sunday right. that is a similar role in which he could play for the texans offense and i do believe that having him there will make DeAndre Hopkins better, will make Kenny Stills better, will make Hyde and Duke Johnson a lot better as well, and Deshaun Watson better. It just adds another weapon to the arsenal. And they need as many weapons as they can get when they play a Chiefs team that has equally as many weapons as the Texans do. Jeremy, what's your perce- or what do you think like Houston media's perception, Houston fans' perception is of the Chiefs' defense, and what kind of confidence level does the Houston offense you think have going into this game? You know, the Texans, um, Texan media, Texans fans, they have kept their eye on the Chiefs. I think mainly because they see the Chiefs as a bit of a target, maybe because they saw what can happen earlier in the year. But they also have noticed and have respected the improvements that the Chiefs have made to their defense in the second half of the year. I believe what no more than twenty-one, no more than twenty-one points in any of their last six games, all wins. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, and it's definitely, um, you know, it's it's it's. I think it's going to play a huge factor in this game, and it's a big difference between uh, the Chiefs from Week Six versus the Chiefs in the division round is that defense knows its identity a lot more than it did back in October. So I think that Texans fans and the media, and especially the, the Texans themselves, would be foolish to discredit uh, the defense on the other side. We talked about Fuller, and I just want to go back to something that you mentioned and the fact that J.J. Watt he wasn't necessarily effective, but he was able to draw some attention last game. Is the expectation now with another week in the books that maybe he could be a little bit more effective come Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, I would assume that, you know, he probably takes another step in the right direction. He played about 60% of okay. defensive snaps against the Bills. So, and that that's kind of what I expected. I actually expected a little bit less. I think it would have been a little bit less had the game not gone to overtime. Um, but 
I would expect J.J. to take another step into that direction, although the Texans realize that he is their crown jewel of the defense. And there is, you know, and as much as we would like to think that there is not more than this game, the Texans do care about J.J.'s, you know, future, not just, you know, on the football field, but off the football field, just because he's meant so much to their franchise and to their city. So they're definitely going to keep an eye on J.J. Watt, and I think that's what they did with Will Fuller as well. They noticed how much of an important factor Will Fuller is to the team on the field and off the field. So I, the, the Texans are keeping an eye on J.J. Watt, but J.J. has made it clear he really wants to be out there for games like this. J.J. Watt has been to the playoffs six different times. Right and has never made it past the divisional round. This might be the final chance he gets, given that he's turning 30 and that his injuries are starting to catch up to him. This could be his last chance to get as far as, you know, further, one step further. So I expect J.J. Watt to, uh, you know, go on strictly adrenaline on Sunday, and I think that we, we will see another step in that direction from him. Talk with Jeremy Brenner of BattleRedBlog.com, our SB Nation Houston Texans website. Jeremy, I want to ask you about the Chiefs offense and, and Patrick Mahomes, and I want to take Mahomes out of it, and I want to talk about more of the skill position players. Of all the weapons that the Chiefs have, who do you think profiles to maybe do the most damage against this Houston defense? You know, if you asked me earlier in the season, I would have said Tyreek Hill, yeah. but the Texans' corners have uh, caught up to the speed. They, they, uh, Roby and, and Gary on Conley, especially Gary on Conley, he's able to be that guy that can keep up with the speedy receivers. Now, also, keep in mind, Tyreek Hill's the best man in the league, so <laughs> that's, yeah, of a, course. that's a bit of a different story. However, the Texans have proven um, in recent weeks, or just historically, that they aren't super – solid at covering the tight end, which is why I think the Chiefs want to win this game. They'll call Travis Kelsey's number early and often. I think 10 catches should be the benchmark and the standard for Travis Kelsey, especially in this game. The Texans, I mean, their linebackers aren't the best in coverage, and so I think you could see a lot of mismatches with Kelsey there or on safeties like Justin Reed. I think that I think there's a lot of mismatches that Travis Kelsey can expose in that in that linebacker core and in, in, in with the safeties. So if Patrick Mahomes looks his way, he's, he's guaranteed to find uh, Kelsey open on a lot of plays. He just got to find him. Worth monitoring. Kelsey was a limited participant in practice, so we'll keep an eye on that as the rest of the week goes on. You've been listening to the voice of Jeremy Brenner. He is a writer for Battle Red Blog. We appreciate the time, Jeremy. Absolutely, Pete. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. He actually will be doing a five questions with a written version later on in the week and catch that at OurHeadPride.com. While we're on the topic of the Texans, Deshaun Watson, the great quarterback for them, was talking about Patrick Mahomes earlier today. Uh, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to see uh, a fellow friend uh, uh, of mine and a guy that's playing the same position as me um, have so much success and sit in, in live action. So uh, it's definitely dope. It's going to be a good experience. Like you said, we played earlier this year. It was, was a was a good game. Went back and forth. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just two two good teams going head-to-head. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, be the best we can for our team and help our team win. It's got to be fun 
for Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to be these three young studs. Ryan Tannehill, you can get out, you can get the <laughs> hell out of here. Right now, having been sort of together along in this way, and you can really just tell that these three guys in particular are taking over the league. Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's been some question marks about all three of them at different points throughout the NFL, you know, their careers in the process. I mean, you know, people kind of picked apart Deshaun Watson a little bit. People kind of picked apart Mahomes, and people definitely picked up Lamar Jackson. This is the new wave, though. You know, we've had for so long the the Brady's and the Mannings and 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 all that kind of stuff for you know for a long stretch of time. And this new exciting era of football, one of these guys is probably going to win a Super Bowl this year. And it, it might as well be Mahomes, but <laughs> you, you've got to love this rivalry might extending well for the rest of it. Yeah, and I, I I don't have the stat in front of me, but PFF tweeted out the salaries the other night and how you have all these older quarterbacks on the NFC side. They're making all this money where I think the combined, what, average salary for these guys on the AFC side was like, like three or four million. Yeah, I think it might have been a little bit less than that. But, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And they, they, these the, the AFC side is a bunch of teams playing the rookie con- contract, you know, kind of game right now where they're just loading up all over around uh, a rookie quarterback and they a rookie contract quarterback and they all hit on their quarterback, which is great. All these guys are going to be do some money pretty quick here and they're going to be on the NFC side before we know it. But uh, yeah, it, one of these teams I think has a really good chance of winning a Super Bowl. Coming up a little bit later tonight at seven o'clock, I'll stick around for a segment with Jay Binkley, Bink at Night. He also has Steve Mariucci on the show coming up right after that. That's something you want to hear, Mariucci. Obviously, a great relationship with Andy Reid. Coming up in just a few minutes, get your Chiefs comments, questions in 69306. We'll take your comments and questions in a live mailbag. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes spoke on Wednesday, and I thought there were a few key things we could take away from those interviews. I'll tell you what they are coming up next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, winding this thing down. Don't forget Bink at Night coming up right after this at 7 p.m. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes spoke to the media today ahead of the Chiefs divisional round game coming at us on Sunday. Aside from, I'm sure, some national interviews, we won't hear from Mahomes again until after this game. Be it a win or a loss, we are all hoping for a win here expecting it pete kansas city we're expecting it we're wanting good things that we believe good things will happen in this city now some of us are expecting others are hoping don't be scared kansas city rocco's smiling in there so i cut a few things that i i think were interesting from reading mahomes these guys are are well polished right now so you're not going to get a ton of new information that is going to tell you anything about the game but andy reed today which I found interesting, was asked about LaShawn McCoy's workload and how the Chiefs may use their running backs in this game. Yeah, well, we've got three good backs that we can we can move in and out so that we feel comfortable with. And, um, um, you know, our young kids come along good. And, and so uh, between the three of them, they give you, all of them give you a different flavor. So we're good with all of them. Um, I don't want to slight one over the other right now, but the, all three will most likely have a chance to contribute. So. Oh, Andy, you're too good to your players, man. <laughs> you're too nice. That doesn't sound like someone that's been really saving LaShawn McCoy for the playoffs. Damian Williams is going to get most of these snaps. And he highlighted Darwin. I appreciate 
that. <laughs> what do you think about LaShawn McCoy? He's gassing him up. What do you think about LaShawn McCoy? Darwin's coming on pretty good. I have confidence in all three of these guys, but let me highlight the other two. So the reason I play this down is because I think it's important for you to hear from the coach's mouth how they're portraying they're going to use their running backs. My opinion <laughs> is Damian Williams will have at least 80% of the snaps. Maybe you'll see Darwin Thompson. If Williams gets hurt, which happens, which we obviously are not hoping for, but if it happens, I think maybe then you see McCoy. Unfortunately, I don't think they've been saving McCoy for anything. I think they realized, okay, we'd prefer the other backs. He was healthy, active. Week 17 didn't get a snap. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. They've been saving him for a long time. I it just feels like it feels like LaShawn McCoy is probably not really part of this game plan. Andrew Wiley, team's left guard, has missed the past few games dealing with injury. He's finally healthy, full participant today. So I was wondering, could he potentially replace Stefan Wisniewski? Andy Reid, it didn't really sound like it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, during the week. Um, you know, Wiz did a nice job the last time he was in. So, um, you know, we're comfortable with either guy, obviously. I'm not an expert. Not a super-duper expert. But I, I, I'm close, I feel like, to, in being at a million Andy Reid press conferences the past five years. That sounds like Wisniewski's going to stay in there. It does. Uh, kind of similar vibes to what you got with the running back situation. They addressed it with LaShawn. They addressed it with Wiley. And it both it seems like both these guys are on the way, are, are on the on the outs when it comes to opportunities to play this week. And that's okay. I mean, I, it's, it's all right. The, the continuity that they've developed a little bit with Wisniewski, I get it. And protecting Mahomes is priority number one, right? So if you 100%. feel feel good about how he's been doing and you feel comfortable they 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 had a situation last year i or i don't know if it was last year two years my my years get get meshed together i think it was last year where jeff allen who was presumed the starter yes he was healthy and they just kept him out of the lineup because they felt like they had a nice thing going i think that is a tendency that you see here i think that was with andrew wiley i think andrew wiley reinserted himself into the lineup and to, to replace jeff allen right uh, so I mean, it, it's it, and I I get it at this time of year you want that continuity. Andrew Wiley's been out for a little while, in a little while. I understand it. They also thought Andy Reid had a nice comment about Patrick Mahomes and how he is really making the most of year two, which is not an easy feat in the NFL. Yeah, I loved it because the second year is a tough year for quarterbacks. Tough, tough year. These these guys are, there's some great minds in the National Football League that are coaching the defensive side of the ball so um they have a whole year off season to study it and they're going to come back with their absolute best against you and and he answered it and he did it through some adversity like you're saying with injuries or players that weren't playing whatever it might be um and he didn't flinch he kept the same attitude the same work ethic uh, and he went after it. And he had a major injury that he pushed through where the coaches and the trainers and the doctors all had to back him off and so yeah, that mindset um, is important in this day and age of football. It's, it's an important thing to have, especially in a leadership position. Sounds like a topic that we talked about before the season. or was more talked about nationally about how Mahomes was going to regress, and then we never went back to it. And in a way, with the numbers, you could say, but you're, you take a, a, into the account the injuries and all the adversity that he's faced this year. He did a pretty damn good job for what Andy Reid is saying. And everyone was talking about preseason. Oh, the coaches now have tape on him. Well, when he was healthy, he looked just as good. He looked like he was better. 
frankly. I think the way he was processing the football game, we didn't get to see his body work to the same levels that we're typically used to with Mahomes, but his mind, I thought, was doing a lot and working at a higher level and at a quicker processing level, and I thought it was great. So it's been really frustrating, I'm sure, for Patrick Mahomes this season, not being able to go out and do some of the things that we know he's done in the past. Last year, setting the league on fire with some of his athletic abilities along with his mental. I think Patrick Mahomes is primed to go on an absolute tear during the AFC side of the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. I think these next two games, and I'm they're playing two games in my mind before the Super Bowl, I think he's going to show out and remind people who the generational talent is in the AFC. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, this was the one quote I found the most interesting today, and Kent, you pointed it out before the show. Mahomes talking about what they may have potentially saved for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, Coach Reed does a good job of having new plays every single week, it seems like. when We work on stuff, and if we don't use it, we're able to kind of carry it on to the next week and find ways to, to execute versus different defenses. And so I think that's a, that's a great thing to have at this point in the season. You're able to still do stuff that the teams can't scout for and, and do stuff that you can hopefully have success with uh, against those defenses. What does that say without saying it is we have some stuff uh-huh. in, it, in the pocket. It seems like they've been they've been holding some stuff back and maybe they've managed that a little bit more than we've than we even know seems like we've had some b minus call sheets you know the last quarter of the season i don't think they've been really showing a whole lot i think andy's coming out with the best stuff these next couple weeks i i anticipate we're gonna see uh i think i think he's got some stuff in store for him and i would not be stunned if if the Chiefs absolutely put it on the texans All right, here we go. We have a few more minutes left until bank at night. We're going to take some of your questions in a live mailbag. Get them in 69306. That's the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. So what is on your mind? A lot of people are writing in about Travis Kelsey. Do you think he will play? Yeah, right now I I think he'll play. I don't think think he's going to miss a playoff game. It's going to take a lot. For Travis Kelsey to miss this football game, I don't. I, even if he's if he's not a hundred percent, if he's eighty percent, he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna play. <laughs> another another comment from somebody. Chances this is Blake Bell's coming out party. Well, Bink, can ask Bink about that coming <laughs> up on Bink at night. He's a big belldozer guy. The answer is zero. <laughs> Our Chiefs fans, Kent, you you'll be happy to answer this one. Are Chiefs fans too confident this week? No, there's too much anxiety in the city. Still, everybody is worried about. You know, the Marty era and the Vermeil era and the first half of the Reed era. They're so concerned with all this. Have some confidence in the fact that you have the best quarterback in the world. Let's have some confidence here, Kansas City. I would say I think there is a slight overconfidence. I think the Chiefs will really? win. Really? I, I haven't felt that at all. I think the Chiefs will win on Sunday. But there is a little bit of overlooking <laughs> the Texans. And I get it. The loss in the AFC title game, you're looking forward to that game a little bit more. Uh, Rob asks, over, under on snaps for Kendall Fuller at safety this weekend. Uh, he's going to play. I would anticipate him getting the lion's share of the safety snaps back there. I do. I I, I don't know. He's the veteran. He's the veteran. Armani Watts, I think people are overvaluing Armani Watts' ability, and he's not good deep. He's more of a box-type guy. So Kendall Fuller back there, he's smart, communicates, he's, he's experienced, he's seen things. I think he's got to be the guy you lean on. What, uh, I'm sorry, here, here we go, I, I missed, missed the question. What on your mind, <laughs> how do we get Anthony Sherman more, more involved in this game? We don't need to answer you that. You don't. Reed said, saving, 
Rashawn McCoy for the playoffs, my guess is he gets 40% of rush plays. I would be very surprised by that. I really don't think that they're holding him back from anything. Fun fun fact, real quick, Damian Williams just surpassed LaShawn McCoy week 17 on that long touchdown run for uh, leading the team in yards. It took him till week 17 to do that. I, thought, I think that's interesting. Pete, do you like Bink? No, I don't like Bink. I love Bink. What is the Hardman strategy over Sammy? Do you think you see more of Hardman than Sammy Watkins? No, I don't think so. I think Sammy Watkins is entrenched as the wide receiver, too. He's got a bigger route tree. He's more trusted. I think McCole Hardman will get some opportunities to stretch defenses, and I think he's going to make a big play in the next couple weeks. I think maybe next year when Sammy Watkins isn't on this team. <laughs> he ain't going to be here. More McCole Hardman. Yeah. How many touchdowns will Tyree Kill have? In the playoffs or just or just tomorrow or Sunday? Uh, I think it's Sunday. One. One touchdown. McCole gets one, too. I think Tyreek Hill have a touchdown. I'll give him one. You think McCole gets one? I think McCole gets one this week. I think this is the week that he has a big explosive play. If they are saving things, McCole sounds like the guy that you could potentially be saving things for. That'll do it for Arrowhead Pride Radio. Want to thank Craig Sout, who is always fantastic for us. Also, Jeremy Brenner of Battle Red Blog. He'll have a five questions with coming up on ArrowheadPride.com later this week. Keep it locked in at ArrowheadPride.com. We'll be previewing this game all week. Keep it locked in 610 Sports Radio. Thank you to Rocco behind the glass. For Kent Swanson, I'm Pete Sweeney. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio. Bink at Night is next. Stay with us.